And welcome, everybody. We hope that you've been enjoying everything that we've been doing for you on the final home stretch here of the second season. I just want to thank everybody, man. It's just been so fun this season. Uh, we're looking forward to getting season three going for you guys. We're going to be releasing that too in June, just to let everybody know too. So be looking forward to that. We're going to be on YouTube. Shout out to Exhibit for uh, giving us the space to do all that and do all the video stuff and. Uh, couldn't be more thankful but today's guest is actually someone that we met over in the exhibit area you know don't spark the blunt without me <laughs> but anyhow today we got tangent wiggy up on the podcast he's coming out of the ie san bernardino california he is a very young soul at heart and he doesn't let age determine what he wants to do or where he's going to be at and who he's going to be rocking with. He's a great, well-rounded individual, and I'm really, really happy that I get to have him on the show today. We're going to be talking about what he's done in his career, uh, some battles, some hip-hop battles he's just uh, been in. And I think I think he won. I'm pretty sure he won. We know he won because he's got those bars. But without further ado, let's bring him on the show here. Tangent, go ahead and introduce yourself, my guy. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm uh, Tangent the Wiggy Woo or Tangent uh, or Wiggy Woo. Uh, I'm also Tristan, Tristan Acker. Um, I'm from San Bernardino, California. I'm a writer, uh, poet, uh, musician, music journalist. And uh, what was it? I met Hot 16. I met Painting Bigger Pictures, PVP. Uh, yeah, at the exhibit gallery uh, when my friend Diesel was involved with uh, the Prolific brand, the Prolific Studios brand. That was throwing events there, and me and my friend Diesel have a group called Fam Likely, and we and we performed a set there. And uh, I was talking with uh, PBP and Mercutio about a bunch of hip hop stuff, and they were being really cool. And they asked me to be on the show, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man, it's great, dude. Um, thank you for coming out on the show today. Uh, it was really cool. Um, actually, it was because of Mercutio. He was the one that got me kind of in line with you um you know being familiar with diesel and he he was being our uh, dj for the shows we were doing um and he's like yeah man you gotta meet tangent man he's he's pretty dope you know he's he plays keyboard this and that and he's into like nerdy shit just like me i'm like cool man you know like i'm i'm, I'm down to meet him you know and we met them and i think the most proper way you know after the set after the show outside chilling just smoking a big old backwood you know right right <laughs> it absolutely was it was a really fun night. You guys killed it. That was a great set. We actually, me and Jaden, uh, I think, yeah, me and me and Mercutio, we we had played, uh, we had played too on that same show. I remember yes. that was really fun. We had uh, he had opened it up and then he let me come on and we had rocked some songs. I remember that was pretty dope. That was the first time anybody had did that for me. Um, mm -hmm. Asked me to go on with them, but tangent man, what's uh, what? How do you uh? how do you inspire to be who you are, man? I've seen such a charismatic person. What, what are some things that you're into, which really like kind of shape who, you know, Wiggy Woo is Tristan tangent, like who, what are the things that you're into, man? Oh, thank you, man. Uh, well, I'm from the Inland Empire, California, but even as a teen, my friends and I kind of thought of ourselves as very like hippie because we like to do psychedelics and smoke weed and watch Pink Floyd movies and, you know, and like do like, I don't know what kids in 2003 thought being a hippie was. Right. You know, and that was like our culture. And then we got into hip hop as we got towards age 20 more so. And then we started doing hip hop because we were already doing poetry and the poetry kind of bled into spoken word easily, which turned into hip hop. And all this is around 
everything I'm talking about is like 2003 to 2006, to 2003 to 2007, maybe, you know, and then. Man, those were those were those little John days. And then, uh, right, right. That's what's happening on the radio. Meanwhile, we're like listening to Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg recordings and Lucille <laughs> Dan and Parliament Funkadelic. And our friends are starting to buy NPCs and fuck around. And I'm getting uh, creative writing degrees. And I got my master's in poetry that I finished in 2014. You know, like we're, oh, we that's are. fire. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, Cal State San Bernardino in my city, like where, where I'm from. You know, I mean, I've lived in several cities throughout the IE, lived in Montana, Riverside, you know, as well. But uh, but yeah, I'm from San Bernardino, and I, and I have a house in San Bernardino now. Although these days I stay in Cucamonga. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you're, I know your IE, you and Diesel, you guys, you guys shout that out. You guys rep it everywhere you go. I mean, be proud of where you're from, right? Right. And then the other thing would be like add the nerd stuff to all that, and then from you know probably from age four. Definitely from age nine, definitely from age 20, I was like a, a big comic book nerd, you know, like yeah. in addition to not like certainly by age four or five, I was getting into Ninja Turtles. By age nine, I'm reading comic books. By age 20, I actively buy graphic novels of, of Marvel, DC and Star Wars mainly, you know. Yeah. And, and, and it's and it's been like that ever since age 20. And I go to Comic-Con and now my group is before one of my first groups, the, the West Coast Avengers. You know, we performed at Comic-Con and uh and have and and long beach zombie fest and other like nerd related we, we 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 get hired to do nerd related events from time to time because it's like that's part of the culture too so it's the hippie stuff it's the nerd stuff it's the ie stuff and it's the, the poetry and hip-hop too you know, like Damn, all that that's, together but, that's yeah. like really interesting like how man i didn't i didn't know you could get like a straight degree in poetry man like that's yeah, like uh, yeah well my i'll be specific like, like my bachelor's is in uh creative it's a bachelor of arts in uh, creative writing, and yeah. then I, and then I have uh, a master master of fine arts an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. So wow. just, okay, just there make, you go. That's like the that's the finite details of it. Right. It's a it's a master it's a master's in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. So it's it's you know it's it's a it's accurate to say it's a master's in writing. It's a master's in creative writing. It's a uh, a master's in poetry. Like you you look at it a few different ways, but uh, but yes, it, it was fun as hell. It was fun as hell. It was an artistic incubator, you know, where other yeah. poets, uh, where you and like half a dozen other poets were incubated in a program for two years together. You know, uh, like a college, like the, what you want college to be like is what grad school is actually like, which is probably you, a big comment on the capitalist rip of it all, right? But, but <laughs> like you got to like, make it a little farther. You got to make it to your fifth year and have a degree already before it's like, oh, this is what college was supposed to feel like academically, where it's actually like, thrilling and engaging and challenging, but also speaking to my strengths and bringing out my strengths and chiseling my strengths. And, uh, and then in my case, you know, making me a better artist, more in touch with myself with more of a voice, you know, and, uh, and, and also the discipline and time management that you get from like doing full-time grad school while also working full-time, like it has helped me throughout the rest of my adult life since then as well. You know? Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I wasn't fortunate enough to, uh, well, I did a little bit of college. I did, I did a semester. At oh, I see people pull off so much. Shit. My, my best friend has no college and he, and we both work for the state. I, so I still have a regular job. Like I work for, for the state doing disability claims, which I, I like it. And, uh, and, it, and I've been with the state for like 15 years. And so I'm, I'm good. Right. But my homie has been the, with the state just as long, has no college, makes like twice what I make because he does computers because he's an information technology guy. And, and so I, uh, I never look at like 
I'm better or anything, or, or, or even that I'm, how do I put it? That college is even that much better of an opportunity because I see so many people make so much money and, and livings in so many different angles. So it's like, you know, like you're from NorCal, right? Like, uh, yeah. even while getting my master's, I've met a handful of homies from NorCal that I'm like, damn, this homie is just living fat off of the weed business in NorCal, you know, mm-hmm. with there, no But problems. the thing is, is, you know, and, and, and farming and, and it's like, so it's like, I've envied those guys. Yeah. <laughs> been like, I, I, wasn't I mean, but you know, the thing is with that accent, so I feel you do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, the thing though, with up North and the whole, like, that though a lot of that money though a lot of that money is not clean money you know that's the difference you know though some of oh, those you mean guys like people, like people guys that hang out and sh- with, like shoot pe- shoot people that come into their gardens kind of shit you mean yeah you know i mean there's those high rollers like yeah there's some clean guys up there but even then a lot of those clean guys have their hands in some dirty money you know yeah. it's, okay it's still then, a- okay all right you went you win uh, go to school kids stay in school kids yeah. <laughs> no yeah no go to school no i'm just saying you know i'm just saying you know don't not go to school but, but you know it is it's just a you know that kind of game is like a different mindset you know like you're, you're right you're right but you, you know, know a lot of people either inherit property or you get see the thing the problem with that though is See, the big problem with those guys up there is they draw tension and traction to the area where you get these guys with the deepest pockets and they think they can just go up there, buy a property and put all these pots everywhere and just grow all this weed and they're going to kill it and end up not knowing what they're doing and bringing like a lot of that city energy, like armed robbery and all that stuff that we don't really want up there, you know? That that's, wow. the, that's the, you know, and that's the truth, man. Like I've know, I personally know a lot of people. I'm not going to say any names, but I know a lot of people that have, you know, gotten involved with those outer outsiders and trying to help them, and oh, this and that, and then they end up just getting absolutely fucked over in the end. Excuse me, damn well, man. Yeah, you're good. It's yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, with like, see, like with your thing though, you have stability. You know, mm. doing, working for the state of California, you probably right. got really good health insurance. Right. You probably got a really good 401k and life insurance policy, right. I bet. You know, like. You know, yeah, I don't know about yeah. the life insurance, but I, sh- but I should. But all the other shit, yeah. Yeah, like I have, I have pretty pretty fucking good benefits. I, I, de- I definitely am always yeah. trying to help. Uh, like the only benefit you could really get out of like doing that up north would like. You know, oh, you have all this money. Well, there's county jobs, and or, or, or there's Sacramento that has a lot, has uh, thousands of state jobs. Like it's a city of state jobs because it's the capital. Yeah, no, definitely. So if, you in, if you fuck, you work for the city of Sacramento. Fuck, even like doing no, trash. But, no, but I'm saying most state of California jobs are in mm-hmm. Sacramento because Sacramento is the capital. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. So so whereas I have one of say uh, seventy thousand state jobs that are in SoCal. Uh, there's like a hundred thousand state jobs in Sacramento alone, <laughs> or, or, or or however many. I don't know how big Sacramento is. Is there millions of people there? Or is there? Uh, I, think Sac, I think I think it's about a million. Sacramento. I don't know. I, see, I personally have only been to Sacramento. Half a million. Half a million. So let's say in the city of half a million people, there's pr- there probably it probably is a. I wouldn't be shocked if there was. Well, no, there's only ninety thousand state employees. Now that I think about it, yeah, only, I was going to say, whoa, <laughs> there's only 90,000 state employees in, in California. So, but let's say like 20,000 of those jobs are in Sacramento alone. Yeah. You know? it's, 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 it's a lot of state jobs. Do you think, a lot of state jobs. do you think in California, like having a state job, do you, do you think like you still struggling, uh, even though you work for the state? 
Well, I I wouldn't say I struggle, but I don't have I don't have any kids that I have made, right? So, like, I mean, like, so there's kids in my life because of people I'm involved with. Like, I'm dating someone now who has a kid, and and we've been involved for a while, and the kids in my life, right? Yeah. But I don't have, but I, but I don't have a a kid. I haven't made a kid, right? So it's like, hello, are we there? Yo, 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 yo. I can hear you. I oh. can hear you. Oh, okay, for sure. It was just weird. I, I didn't hear anything for, for a second. You just stopped talking. Oh, oh. oh yeah, <laughs> I can hear you. Well, the, uh, no, no, I wouldn't say I struggle, but I have always had to rent out the rooms at my house. You know, I have always had to, uh, to like, I've never been able to, like, just live at my house. And my house is, like, 1,050 feet. And I got it for, like, 150K in 2013 at the bottom of the recession. You know, like, uh, I mean, like, that's a fire deal. You're, I mean, it's probably right. So it's like, even with just like, because of how expensive life in California is, I've, I've still never been able to just live there, like wow. without, without having to get other income, you know? And so it's like, I, so it's not, so it's, I don't think I struggle, but I do think that it's like, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not cheap to live here. It's not, it's not fucking cheap to live here. No matter what your setup is. Yeah. yeah, like, have you have you lived in any other states in, in the United no. States? No, but, but I mean, I grew up going to Arizona a lot because my grandma and grandpa lived there. But uh-huh. uh, but but no, I never lived in, in another state, no. Yeah, definitely. I've always lived in California myself. I actually just started traveling outside the state, like, about two, three years ago. Like, went to, uh, went to Vegas for the first time, went to Seattle, went to Phoenix, you know, kind of hit the major West Coast city, like, tour, you know, all that. But I don't. I always hear, I don't know if you've heard this, but you, has anyone ever said that there's nothing else better than outside of California in terms of living? Oh, I mean, I've heard that, but I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't agree that there's not places that are just as good to live, but I do think it's a good place to live. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely for yeah. sure. And with, uh, with your like whole Southern California inspiration, are there right. any Northern California artists that you actually have listened to or that, oh, you yeah. know, that you know of or that you've listened to for a while now? Yeah, there's the homie, um, the real world. He used to be the real word sound and now he's the rap nerd with a and, DA. And where's, he, and where's he based out of? Uh, Bacaville. Vacaville. That's a 707. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a really good dude. And he's really uh, a very successful in the nerdcore scene, too. He plays at a lot of nerdcore festivals. And gets involved with people who work on all kinds of nerdy and comic book and animation related content. He does a lot of music education nerd stuff. Core. So nerdcore, is that like a subgenre, like hip hop genre? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nerdcore would be everything from MC Chris to MF Doom to The Last Emperor to, uh, you know, what, what else? Um, Shape of so the Dark Lord. Like a boom, it's like a boom bap kind of like melodic, almost like genre. Mm-hmm. No, it's more about making content that's very referential to comic books and 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 sci-fi culture and like, like, like Mega Ran. Just... Okay, okay, okay. Like, uh, yeah, Mega Ran or um, who else was I saying? Shape of the Dark Lord, uh, MC Front a lot. Uh, was it uh, MC Chris? You know, from the Adult Swim. You know, like it's uh, I mean, a. Definitely... MF Doom is kind of like the top dog in the nerdcore. Are there bigger people than him? Yeah, MF Doom is somebody that, like, I bet most, say, for example, black people would probably not, like, call him nerdcore, but I would. <laughs> you know, like, 
Yeah, no, definitely. The 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 music though, I mean, I, now I can kind of see like what you're saying like it's just like a representation directed in reference to those characters and whatnot. So with uh with being out in San Bernardino, what what were some of your favorite artists out in out in uh, IE growing up? Can you hear me? Yeah, uh, uh, it's cutting in and out. Uh, I, I said, what were some of your favorite artists growing up um, uh, when growing up out in San Bernardino? Oh, I mean, I didn't really know the Inland Empire music growing up, um, although I guess I heard Supersonic, which was from Rialto, like everybody heard. But yes. um, as far as my favorite stuff growing up, I was into like um, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem. You know, oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, and then that led to... Like the seventies funk stuff that was like the sample source for a lot of that stuff. I got into that. What what was it like? Because you said you were nineteen in two thousand three, correct? I was sixteen in two thousand three. Oh, okay. So you were young. Okay, so you're like thirteen when like the Slim Shady LP came out, going into high exactly. school. What, exactly. Exactly. What, what was yeah, it yeah, like yeah. being a 13, 14 year old teenage boy when the Slim Shady LP came out? Like, what was that's that? That's a great question. You, you're one of the fucking best interviews I've ever had. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, like, I mean, well, to me, it was like that up was until my then, introduction to hip hop. Absolutely, a million. Because I'm I'm half white, I'm half white, half Mexican. I'm like a million white dudes, man. Like we're the sons of him. Like like a, a generation of my friends that rap. Even even the non, even people of all races. Honestly, uh, when I hear like everybody who's in the post Eminem era, I feel like everybody is super influenced by him, and he brought so many people in to it. Because I think because he was funny. I think the main thing was that like he was funny in a way that I found clever, and I think it was well, easy for young shock value. Shock value for sure. As a twelve, as eleven to thirteen year old boy, you can't underestimate right how much the shock value is going to bring you. And in. the thing is, is um, and during that time, and especially you know being a little teenage little shit, you know hanging out with your friends, exactly like those, those kind of jokes you were already making with your friends, you know, like saying <laughs> to, to kind of to take the gangster rap attitude and take it out of the gangster, like to make it like, you don't got to be a gangster. You don't got to be black. You don't got to be from that you, specific yeah, like, hood you can, to, to yeah. relate to the, the vent of rap. You know, it's such a, I, you get why pe certain people hate it. <laughs> right. Like, like I get why some people are mad at that, but I, 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 I think it's, it's, I mean, you, you with, however you feel about it, because I guess I, I think it's fine, but I don't think it's fine as I used to think. Like now I understand the social critique of it, but it's uh it, it's an undeniable phenomenon that he tapped yeah. into. Yeah, so uh yeah, so it was yeah, it was it was funny. It was like it was so funny to be I was probably what in nineteen ninety nine I was twelve. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it was funny like to be eighth grade. It was like just so cool to find something that was funny that had cool beats, and then you learn like, oh, it was Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre used to pr produce N.W.A. The fools that said fuck the police. Like it was just such a cool, even just a story to get into. Yeah, you know, no, like exactly. as a kid, and how, and yeah, how they all came together. Yes. How, how, how did the producer of N.W.A. start producing this funky white boy? You know, and like, but yeah. yeah, it was dope. Yeah, no, that's the. That's the crazy thing too for me is like that was literally my introduction to hip hop was was Eminem because my mom my mom's a type of music fan where she goes with what's in you know like she wants to know what the hot music is so you know in the 80s you had the heavy hair metal in the 90s you had grunge and then in the 2000s you really had that transition from grunge and then R&B and like gangster rap like took over. Yeah. Right. 
And, and so for my mom at the time, when she found out who Eminem was, you know, I mean, well, I'm white, my mom's white, you know, obviously for a lot of people that drew attention, like what, what's up with this, you know? So right. then my mom, she had a subscription to spin magazine and, and spin magazines no longer um, out. I don't know if you remember that magazine, that, that no. music magazine from back. I think I've seen the cover. Yeah, Spin. It was like a big. It was like it was like before Double XL. Like Spin Magazine was like the Double XL magazine of like the early two thousands type. Okay. Shit. And so Eminem was coming out on these covers of these magazines, and my mom would give them. Yes, to, he was. Yeah, and 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 my mom would give them to me to read. So I was always like, "Who the fuck is who this the guy? fuck is this guy?" Yeah, right? Like he, he what he doesn't do like guitar or like anything like it, I'm straight up. I'm gonna say it's like some white people shit, right? So mm-hmm. I was like. I got to check this out. So right around that time, I'm like, all right, cool. So we go on a field trip and my buddy takes his sister's iPod and we're going to school bus to go on this field trip. And on the iPod, his sister had downloaded the Slim Shady LP and Colt 45 by Afro Man. And I was like, five, I was like five, six years old. And that's right around the time those two albums came out. And that was my introduction to hip hop. We were seat hopping on the bus on the field trip to take turns listening to an iPod classic, the big ass uh-huh. motherfucker, like hundred and whatever gigabyte, them fucking that thick motherfucking thing. And um, yeah, that that was my introduction to that. And so then from That's there, awesome. we got Direct TV in like I don't know, two thousand two, two thousand like three around there. And MTV was you know on there, and they had all the music videos that top twenty countdown. And fuck, man, they, had, they probably had like three or four different Eminem music videos in that top 20 countdown. And I remember every morning, six to seven in the morning, watching the top 20 countdown before school. And fucking that was when, too, it was like 50 Cent was like super big, like Get Rich or Die Trying, that album. Just all, yeah. just all a crazy time in hip hop. So with that time, with mainstream hip hop, if you're listening to Eminem, who were some other artists? Like, were you listening to Ludacris? Because uh, he was big during that time. Uh, you I had... certainly heard him, but I wasn't into him like that. I mean, like, I, the Eminem led me to Dre, which led me to Snoop and NWA and Easy e and MC Ren and Ice Cube and the Ice Cube's discography and then, and like, the West Side Connection, uh, Dub C, um, and then, like... Mac-10. What is... Yeah, I mean, and then you know, I was late, right? Like my my friend around the block, Sam, you know, uh, he lives in Florida now, but he's from Rialto. You know, um, he showed me he showed me a lot of hardcore hip hop around that time. He showed me Biggie, uh, he showed me uh, The Chronic, he showed me Doggy Style, uh, he showed me he showed me a gang of shit. And I I uh, I liked The Chronic and Doggy Style. I didn't like the Biggie as much when I was a little kid, but I, I grew to like it. Certainly by the time I was twenty. Uh, yeah, I still, rap got, again. Actually, I still have it's right here next to me. Is it right here? Oh, it's somewhere. But um I, I know I know you know, I did like Biggie. I just didn't like Cash Money and No Limit when he started playing that stuff. But I, like I, 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 I like the Biggie like, and the Tupac and see I respect Biggie as an artist, but I'm not I like him a Biggie, lot now. I'm not a Biggie fan. That's I don't know, that's just music I can't get into. I mean he only has so much music. He the dude I mean when you add up all like the the puppy albums that he's on a lot, it's like Biggie has less than five albums. Oh you know, yeah, like, no, even being, even including Puff Daddy's No Way Out or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, he. I mean, he 
obviously didn't have too much music because obviously he was he was killed in the one night. No, where I mean it's I mean it just happened to be that way. I don't know how the recording system worked with him. It's just you know Tupac. It's weird. Like Tupac, uh, not only did he uh, did he make so much music while he was alive that they are able to keep releasing shit, but uh, Tupac had a lot of albums by the time he passed away. Yeah, and that's that was actually, the thing too. And when he made an album, it wasn't just like a fourteen or fifteen track album, like the the all eyes. Well, on me. most that of them was, were. Yeah, more like a t- ten to fifteen track affair, and that's fine, and that's good. But he does have a couple of big ones. Yes, he has. Yeah. Uh, all eyes um, on me was a two. All disc. eyes on me is huge. Yeah, yeah, that was two, and that that's crazy thing about that. What proves like how like bad rappers want numbers these days? Like uh-huh. t- Tupac made a double disc album, right? And every single track on the uh, on that album is fire, and it's it's diamond, bro. It's fucking diamond. That's that's ten times certified platinum, you know. Like, right. And that's physical. Uh, you know, he did that before the streaming era too. That album was diamond before the fucking streaming era. No, ain't nobody's doing that. Ain't, even with streaming, nobody is doing that with streaming, dude. Like in streaming, there's some people even that put up some crazy streaming numbers, like the weekend, and those are probably some of the more probable people that would break that record. But mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, Tupac, like you were saying in reference, he has all this music, is because he was just he was a step ahead. I mean, E40 even said I, I saw an E40 interview where when they would work together because they used to do stuff back in the day because uh, yeah. uh, Pac's association with Oakland, um, he said that Pac could the could do ten songs for every one song he would do. Like that's that's crazy. And and back then, you know, you didn't have that ability now with the technology when you engineer and you produce music to, you know, drag it and just make it immediately like right on the exact like, you know, uh, note or bar or whatever. Like you had to like drag that thing in and you had to really get down and look at it and had to match it up. Perfect. You know. M- music was a, a whole different time back then with uh, with your recording, though, like. What, how do you record? Do you go to a studio or do you record it to your house? Wig? Okay, we're getting a little cut out here again. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can again. Uh, okay, I, I think I, I know what that something. issue is now. I think I know how to fix it. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I usually go to my, a friend's studio. And um, I have all the stuff in my house now, but I still prefer to go to an engineer. Um, sometimes, like um, like with Bam Likely, I, like Diesel records us. You know, like he he's kind of recorded a lot of stuff for projects he's done over the years, including other people's projects that come to him. Um, so with with that, we we do record wherever he wants to set up, whether it's my house or or his. Uh, but most of the other stuff, I go to like Abrook or I'll go to somebody's studio. Definitely, for sure. And I, and with your studio experiences, do you prefer going to a studio or do you prefer having the homies pull up with the gear and you guys having a home studio session? Do you think you could get more authentic work that way? Uh, it No, it is a vibe when you can have that. Like my, my first group, West, West Coast Avengers, you know, we had built in producers in the group. You know, like we had we had the, we actually had more producers in the group than rappers. So it was a it was really crazy time. Uh, this was like 2007 through 2006, 2007 through 2017, let's say. So you and, guys had um, a good little 10 year run with each other. Yeah, there's only like there's we have two albums out. They're on Spotify: West Coast Avengers and The Inland Empire Strikes Back. But um, we have, but then 
you know, we're, we're all over each other's projects and we're actually trying to finish, put together new iterations of the group now and finish up a couple albums. Um, oh, there we go. So you've been, you've been proactively making music and like working on the craft. Well, oh yeah, with with the intent of bringing back West Coast Avengers as well. Yes, you know. So I mean, I'm I have West Coast Avengers albums that are done. I have a Tangent album that's done that's coming out in July. I have with the Fam Likely album is two or three songs away from being done. We have like nine or ten songs already like done. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming from a lot of different titles. Uh, that's awesome. So albums, pretty much like this year, like 2023. I you know it's. It's February now, but I hope to drop between two and four projects. Yeah. Awesome. You know, so uh, would you say yeah. two to four projects yeah. by the end of the summer or by the end of the year? By the end of the year. This, this, yeah, uh, hopefully. Sure. I, I, if I, I mean, I'll be real. I mean, I don't see how I don't drop at least one. I have like one, I have firm plans for one album to, to release in July, you know, my next solo album. Yes. Um, but uh, all the others are kind of, there's things need to be pinned down in terms of visuals and album covers and art and final mixes and, stuff like that you know um but there's one album that's done and it has imminent plans for release with a merch line and physical copies of the album and a, st a streaming release and are you uh, going to be doing an album release party for any of these uh albums yeah yeah i'm gonna do this one actually it'll, it'll just it just so happens that uh noah james asked fam likely to perform uh the night that i'm gonna drop my solo album in, in july Oh, you know, uh, wow. so that's, so that's so i mean we're we're not gonna i don't think we're like the headliners of it you know but uh i'm fine with it because i'll still get to i can set up my booth there I, i'm gonna finally have a merch booth of my own because i'm gonna have a merch line with this album that i'm dropping and uh so it's like i'll be able to advertise it plenty and make my own version of the poster that highlights that it's my album release you know and yeah, um definitely. what was it uh yeah you know so um yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the July one. Uh, West Coast Avengers has uh, an album that's like a, a team up album where like every song is a collaboration with a different artist. And um, that it's that album's been done for a while, and I'm getting a video done animated for it right now. And when that's done, I'm going to make plans to release that. So I could release that at some point this year if I uh, if I so choose. So I don't. See, so that's two albums that are like done. Like my my solo album in July, and then the. West Coast Avengers team up album. Um, and then Fam Likely, uh, once Diesel settles, you know, into his new situation, you know, he's in between uh pads. Um, well, was it he we're gonna I'm sure finish that really quickly. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like so, so yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff's coming. Yeah, you got you guys are out there hustling. That's what it seems like though, for sure. Trying, yeah. Oh man. So and then and then what was the fourth one? Oh shit! I mean, dude. Uh, oh, I could go on, but I mean, uh, me and Sean from West Coast Avengers or Sham, like the the other main rapper, we're finishing up an album um, with Ascend, the producer Ascend, uh, who's uh, we always hang out with him in in Riverside area, but I he I, I've always known him to live like in a Mont Ontario Montclair area, um, and he's a really dope producer and who's always clicked with our our whole squad, and so we're kind of. Low key, you know, I'll share this with you. I'll just share this with you on this podcast. Um, we're kind of debating in my in, internally as we finish. We, we we're still collecting the last features for the album, but our parts are mainly done. And yeah. um, and so the album is about done. And I love how like succinctly it's like a ten song, twenty eight minute LP. You know, I'm like I'm like so Ooh. stoked about this album. But but uh, we're waiting for some features. But also as we wait for these last features, I'm also wondering like, 
should we rebrand? Should we be West Coast Avengers just like Nishan and Ascend is West Coast Avengers now? Or should it be like a Sham Tangent Ascend album? Should it be West Coast Avengers produced by Ascend? Should it be a new group? Like, I keep trying to think how to brand it. Um, but I, it kind of feels like a, like a new, chiller, more mature West Coast Avengers album to me. So we're, we're, we're going to figure that out soon. Yeah, you guys, uh, I was just going to say... Um... I mean, you already have so many group involvements, but I mean, it's it's entirely. I mean, it's up to you. You know, it's at the end of the day. It's, uh, <laughs> right. It's, or to start another one. Like, really, you're gonna start yeah, another group? Yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. if you're gonna ask me or share with me, I'm just gonna say, uh, I mean, you already got a lot going on. I mean, do the project. I'm I'm love to hear. Do the project. But I mean, you got Fam Likely, West Coast Avengers, Tangent yourself, and then now you have this potential third group that you're going to add right if we started if we called it something else then it would be like starting another group yeah that's true you could call it 4d (laughs) or something i don't know 4d four dimensional chess (laughs) or something i don't know right because it's i don't know it's the fourth quest or something like i don't know those dimensions man i don't know what you think do you think there's anything past the the antarctica you think that's just really a wall of ice oh man I'm not a science guy, but as a as a sci-fi guy, I I, I hope that it is. I hope there is some crazy shit beyond there. Yeah, that, that, I, don't know. I hope I just, some crazy but benign shit is beyond there. I don't know. Yeah, like I, I I've just been more into that dimensional science, like reading about That's other tight. shit, and it's just kind of interesting, man. Like the some of the claims of Antarctica. Wait, you think we, we may be there? May be a portal back there? We could like go to another dimension by going back there? There, the, I just I don't know, man. There's some shit out there, like where they're saying, like in the 40s. Like they sent the navy out there, and they like found some entrance out in the uh, the Arctic, like ice out there, and found a whole like fucking world underneath the shelf of the ice, another like life and shit like that. And I guess it's public information out that you can read these documents from the U- the U.S. Navy in 1945 and did this mission, and it's like you know 4D and all Is that. that, extra- that um- what's up oppenheimer no no i've read about yeah that something shit. like that they sent some dude down there and he flew a plane dude and like went and flew and he found this entrance and like flew down in there and he like talked to like some not i'm saying it's no aliens but there's like you know supposedly like other plots of like land and there's other continents and like you know we can't really see like who who the hell is gonna go down there and check that shit out right right <laughs> like you know hey Hey, Tangent, you want to go take a trip to the tip of South America and then sail across to Antarctica? And <laughs> like, you know, it's like, and I think the to the thing, too, is like, who the fuck controls Antarctica? Like, how how does that work? Uh. <laughs> like, you know, you got like a continent, right? You got North America, right? Like, obviously, there's no like... I think there's maybe a couple towns where the researchers are but who controls that like how how is it just determined that like oh yeah you just pull up just pull up that is kind of how i feel every time i see documentaries about some cool shit like really i could have just rolled up with the homie with the camera yeah like exactly out? like that's why i'm kind of like well, you just set up shop like who who who's, who's who has, yeah yeah like who has jurisdiction over because like you got the russians out there you got the chinese you got the americans like you've got all these like countries down there doing research but it's like what you're just like, hey China, like don't come across my line. I won't go across yours. All right, you uh-huh. know, like, like what's going on down there, man? Like you know, and then there's people <laughs> too that live out there when they get snowed in for eight months, dude. Like, insane, like crazy. I don't even know. 
that's a whole different ball game out there. But <laughs> but tangent though, we are gonna do a little segment that I've been doing with the peoples, and I call it Big Talk. And um, pretty much Big Talk. Um, it, I went to this event out in downtown LA when I started all this, trying to network, going to pop ups and whatnot, and I came across this cool little card game. Um, and pretty much what I do before the show is I just kind of pick a handful of cards out. I don't look at them. I keep them face down. Um, I get about five or six and then I'm just going to okay. pull a random one. And they're like kind of icebreaker questions um, that okay. we can get, get in depth with. And just to, so the audience and the Sick. crowd can like get to know you a little bit more there. Some yeah. of them are really great. Like, you know, it's, talks about life or inspiration or things you might regret or tell your old self. They're always wow. random. So I have six cards here. And I am going to just literally pick a random one right now. So five, yeah. four, three, two, one. Here we go. I'm going to go right for the middle. Oh, here we go. This is fire. This is straight fire. All right, y'all. Today's big talk question of the day featuring your guest, Tangent. If money were no concern, would how would you lead your life differently? Um, if money were no concern, I mean, how would I do it differently? How would you lead uh, your life differently? I guess I would just, I would try, I would do what I do now, plus a lot more travel. Because yeah. I, I, I actually basically love how I have my life set up. Like, it's not, I, I even like a lot of things about my, my job. And, um, and I'm, I, and I'm a union organizer at my job too. So I like, even within that, I like that a lot too. And that's probably political stuff that I get to do. But, um, as far as, differently yeah i would just add a lot more travel to that because i haven't been i haven't traveled as much as a lot of friends of mine uh dan i hear about places i haven't even been to fucking hawaii you know and so it's like yeah that, that's something and, and you know and then i can still brother. do it well, yeah you know to, to expand on this question a little bit more where give me five places that if if that were the issue or the you know the tables uh yeah. give me five places that you would want to visit travel and and go on like a nice like you know deep vacation at yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, Hawaii, uh, where they film the Lord of the Rings at in New Zealand, right? Um, oh, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was it? So I don't know if you saw Star Wars Episode Eight, where they go to um, this island. Yeah, where is that? Uh, where like old Luke is, right? Yes, okay. right. Like that island is like a historical uh, site of one of the first like Christian temples. And um, and I don't know if you saw that scene where she's going up the steps to the top like uh, of the of the, of the, yeah, no, the temple the, area yeah and she was going to look yeah for so it's like i would love to go to those steps and see that that scene you know like like see, see that because it looked it looked like natural and mountainy but it also looked like a temple and steps like it looked like it would be a really beautiful experience to, to go to that to me uh i guess i feel kind of similarly what's that with christ the redeemer is that in brazil that that giant christ Christ oh, statue yeah, the in, in South America. The top of the mountain. Yeah, that's. I think that. Yeah, that's Rio de Janeiro. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that'd be fire. That'd be really dope. So you want to go? Okay, so Hawaii, Lord of the Rings, the episode eight filming location, Rio yeah. de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, yeah. Um, and then yeah, probably go. Got gotta get some some sushi in Japan. Japan. You know, like, uh, so you go to Tokyo. <laughs> Yeah, or or I should, I mean, I'm gonna go to some. I'm sure anywhere I would go, I'd, I'd be impressed with the sushi. Which yeah, somewhere co somewhere coastal, or I'm mean, sure where else would I eat? I don't know. Or you know, I've never even been to the American South. Maybe I'll just go to New Orleans. Yeah, you know what? That's <laughs> something, man. You know what I really want to do? I want to go to one of them damn crawfish uh, eatouts. Yeah. 
That oh, would... I've had them here, but yeah, one down there would be incredible. Oh yeah, I, I've I've heard, seen, watched, and just can only imagine how fun fucking partying down there must be, man. I mean, yeah. I mean they don't like the weed down there; they like the moonshine. But, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I'm sure I could the, find the stunners. That, that's down there. another thing too. If, if I were to go out there, I'm, I'm, I want to. I really want to try that shit to make you go blind. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I don't, but respect, man. <laughs> respect. No, it's the culture, right? Just respect the culture. As long as you don't wake up with your cousin, right? This supposed to say way in Rome. Uh, oh, yeah. No. I, yeah. Tangents out here. Oh, man. That, that was our big talk question of the day, man. So, how about this? If, if in all those places that you just gave me, well, obviously, let's, I don't know if you could do this in the New Zealand at the Lord of the Rings and at the chapel for the, from the Star Wars episode. Okay. But in, say, okay, Hawaii and Japan and Louisiana out of those places, would, would you want to perform in any of those places? Like, oh, people- yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple friends of mine, uh, like Turtle from Project Load, and um, who's the other? A couple other friends uh, that do these Hawaii shows. I think uh, what's his name? Um, Godzooks from uh, Mr. Hoover. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I I would want to perform in Japan. That would that would be fun. I, that would I, be I, sick as hell too. I have a I have be a super guest sick. actually um, from a past episode of the season. Torque, um, he's been, he's had the opportunity to go out there, and he says it's so electric being in another country you just kind of feel like you're on top of the world all eyes on you you know like coming all the way from somewhere else in the world and people are watching you like that that's a that's a cool feeling you know because like performing in the u.s like it eventually it just becomes another show (laughs) okay you know i don't know like i like performing i've never done anything big i'm not sitting here tooting my horn i kind of am but i feel like it gets to a point where like when you go to those new countries or even if you go to a new state or say, you know, if you've performed in an area, it's just another show, right? <laughs> like yeah. if you, if you perform somewhere 10 times or if you've performed somewhere five times, it doesn't matter. You know, that new experience, I feel like that's a good thing to try and always look out for to keep you more interested and more motivated to, to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and that's part of why I'm launching the merch line with the with the album in July too. So it's like I want to see if I could do what I've seen friends seen friends like uh, Mescal and Noah James do, which is and Zay do, which is that uh, every time they play a show, right after they sit down at their booth and sell merch merch for the rest of the night, they sell their album, they sell their sweaters, they sell their shirts, their stickers, their buttons, they sell packages of all that stuff. They sell um, all you know they they. they they use their performance as a big ad for their overall brand, which I used to think was not that appealing, you know, as like a hippie kind of person, I was like, Oh, why would I want to make myself a brand and sell it? But now I get it. Like people <laughs> like, like, no, 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 no. I'll explain why I get it. Like, you like, sound um, like, no, you're just hitting the, 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 the hippie just right on the head. Like, Oh, so just fuck, fuck that corporate shit. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like, no, no. Like, why would I want to be a brand? And why would I want to sell it? Like, I think, and now I don't think I was a jackass for, for thinking that when I did, but now I see it like, you know, I know people are interested in the kind of lifestyle brand that I live. Like, because people had told me they, because people had seen like, like I have a, I have a sweater that I made. That's, that's uh that says stonerd, like stoner with the D at the end, like S T O N E R D. You know, like, so, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my brand that I'm coming out with. That's my album. That's the whole campaign I'm coming out with in July. You know, um, so it's like, I mean, people have expressed interest in it. They they like my sweater. They want one. They can, can they buy one? You know, like they're 
they're they I'm feel gonna, like they are that too. They relate to that idea. I might have to get up on for sure. Stoner, I love, I, I love that. That's, that's, yeah, that's so July, buy a hoodie, homie. Uh, I'll, I'll hit you up with the link. Yeah, and, no, uh, hit me up with that Etsy link or hit me up with that Shopify link. Right. I hope to probably run it out of my band camp or out of westcoastavengers.com. You know, I, we, I, we, have a, we have a website. And um, what was it? Uh, yeah, now that I think about it. Uh, yeah, I realize I gotta. I have to make. I have to make a new sub website for Fam Likely. I, I use yeah. Etsy. I I I got that tip from my homie. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to make it like make an Etsy or Shopify yeah. as long as like my .com or Bandcamp can route to this. You know, so yeah, oh, I'll, no, I'll yeah, figure it out. You just, plant, you just put a link, I think, or you, it's like a hyperlink or something like that. I haven't. See, mm-hmm. I'm getting into all that distro kit and all the Bandcamp mm-hmm. stuff, and like because I'm actually working on my project, um, starting to work Sick. on it at least. And like, I know that with distro kit and Bandcamp, those are, those are two pretty good, like, uh, um, things to have in terms of like releasing your music and branding your stuff. And like, I know Bandcamp, you can post like your merch on their website, right. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So yeah, no, yeah, you can. it's really cool. Like, I feel like there's a lot more things that are coming out to help artists. Like, I feel like, 10 years ago there wasn't as many like resources and tools to help artists like propel themselves into like a bigger like network you know yeah yeah it's easier now but but there's also each each generation i'm sure has its own challenges definitely i mean it's i'm in i feel like obviously you're a generation ahead of me i'm in my own I don't even know what to call myself a millennial. I'm not, I don't think I'm a millennial. I don't know. Gen- well, wait, were you, when are you, what year were you born? 96. So what am I? What am I? So you're like, you're weird? like probably, you're like, you're like at the end of millennial. You know, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. They say the end of or, millennial uh, is like 95, 96, but you're I'm not like, a zoomer, but you're maybe a generation Y. No, no. Are we Y? A millennial is Y. I don't yeah. know. You're, you're, you're like a young, you're like a young millennial or something. Yeah. Like the 26 and 27 year olds, like we're literally just that last, like, Millennial like a zoomer kinda. millennial border you're a zoomer yeah millennial it's like because i know when you transition in generations and you're born around that kind of weird like you're always it's just weird with you where you're getting some of the old shit but then you're also getting fed the new shit yeah, i mean everybody feels like that about some era right like that's how i feel about like late mid that's how i feel about the mid 80s because i was born in the late 80s right yeah so it's like for example like here's something i think about a lot like uh, Michael Jackson has three albums with Quincy Jones, right? Uh, 79 and uh, what is it? 79, 84 and 87, right? Or is it because uh, there's off the wall in 79, but Thriller in 84 and then, and then bad. bad in 87, yeah. right? Yeah. And those are the three Quincy Jones albums. Uh, now that I'm an adult and, and, I, and this is basically the opinion I've had since I've been about 20, since I was about 20 years old. Uh, now that I'm an adult, like I, I like um, off the wall best of those three. Then I like Thriller, and then I like Bad. Right? Yeah. But because I was born in 1988, and by the time I was zero to one years old, my uh, my uncles, my aunts, my mom, my dad, like the adults playing music around me, were already tired of off the wall and Thriller because they played the fuck out of them when they happened. You know, um, <laughs> or only bumping bad around me when I was a little kid of the three of them. Like of the three of those albums, the one they bumped the most was the most recent around me. You know, like, and like, you were uh, like, yeah, I'm on that 70s shit. You know, well, but and it's like and it was cool. I remember and I like Michael Jackson. I liked him, you know, and, and I remember liking the 90s stuff like I liked him. But 
but when I was like 20 and like actually got to go back and like properly check out his discography, I'm like, holy shit, you guys kept the best shit from me. You know, like, like you, guys didn't, you guys didn't even play the dopest shit around me. You guys, you guys knew I liked Michael Jackson and never were like, hey, listen to Uncle Walt. You know, like, how do you not tell me how good the cheese was? You know, but, uh, you know, it's been like, you got my cheese with boy. You know, like, so what was I getting at? Oh, so, you know, it's like, it's, it's, even though that era was right before me and because I was born in 87, I should have totally heard it a lot. You know, uh, I just happened to have missed that stuff. So it's kind of, yeah, every, every generation has its own. Like, I feel like I kind of missed this culture, but I kind of got this culture. I kind of relate to this part, but don't relate to that part. Do you feel like you relate to new music at all? Uh, like, are there any new? I mean, yeah, artists? yeah. Like, yes. who do you like right now that's current in? Like, who who are name three artists you'd be fucking with? I heard the new SZA album, right? And people, I think, because of how I tweet, you know, think I was hating on it, but I actually, I actually would say, I, I, I mean, okay, the new SZA album is like twenty eight tracks, okay, right? And like, I like the first eight like a lot, and I bumped them a lot. And and especially the, like the first the, there's a song early on there called Kill Bill that's really catchy that I bumped a lot you know and it's like so I like it I like her you know and and the rest of the album it's not bad it's not like all of a sudden she's not singing good or it's not produced good or it's not tight it's just like to me the album gets tired it gets long you know um after after track eight or so after track eleven or so you know, it's and just um, the same shit honestly it, it it did get kind of repetitive but I like those first eight ones and I felt like the fresher ones were in that first ten songs on the album. I actually kind of I kind of get that feeling a lot when I and maybe it's just a sign of me being a stoner or not having the attention span that I should or something. But like uh, I, the, I have other homies who I like their discographies actually a, a pretty good deal. Um, but then I'll hear like a, a twenty track album from them and it's just same kind of same thing. Like damn, after track ten, man, this is getting wearing. Do you, you like, um, do you like the Migos? Uh, you know, I think I've heard a track or two that I was like, okay, I could see something cool about that, but I, but no, I've never been been into them, and uh, but I, but I, I, I haven't even heard enough of them to dismiss them. Like when I, when I like to come out and say that, oh, I think this oh, this or this huge artist is mid, it's because I've heard a bunch of their singles and none of them grabbed me, and I've noticed that the artist is dominant, and I'm not sure why, you know. But uh, Migos, I actually, I don't think I've, it's, it has not been made clear to me enough that I've heard enough of their stuff for me to even make such a judgment on them. So I'm just saying, no, I haven't got into them. But I, I actually, based on what friends have told me about them, I feel like I would find some, something to appreciate if I checked them out. But I, I have not. Definitely. Yeah, music, I, uh, I, I appreciate new music. But I, I can say that now that I am making my own type of music, I definitely am not into that whole mainstream culture as much as I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh you actually, Oh, absolutely. And that's actually a problem that, that, that I try to work on because it's like, I write about music for different websites and I talk about music on different YouTube shows and podcasts and interviews. And, and I want to be somewhat informed. I don't want to be a completely just, Oh, this here's this non-black university trained, uh, elitist, you know, like judging us, oh, you know, about shit. No, because you know, I write, because I, I write, I'm a music journalist, right? So I think about the perspectives. I see people complaining about non black people in the black space or non black people critiquing hip hop. And, and I respect, you know, their concern and their perspective. You know, um, I just, I know that in my area, not that many people are covering the music community as I know it. And I like to cover it because I think a lot of it's really dope. So you know, are you- particular- when you cover uh, music journalism, 
are, are you more on an underground music journalism scene or are you have people that you go and talk and you critique mainstream music? Uh, I do once in a while. I'll write about like a fucking Kendrick album or something, but I'm usually writing about Inland Empire hip hop. Uh, there were, there was, a, let me see which four years. Um, cause I've probably been three years now. So let's say from 26, 17, 18, 19, and 20, let's say from 2017 through 2020. Uh, so for that four year period in particular, but also more broadly from 2014 to now, you know, I, okay, let me start over. 2014 to now, I've written about uh, independent music from all over SoCal with a dash of mainstream music critique and culture critique and others, and maybe a little bit of politics, a little bit of movies and, and music, like, like, uh, like right, just writing and culture journalism in general, right? Yeah. And, and, um, you- and I, a lot of IE shit, but, in that period of 2017, what is it? What did I say? 20, you 17, said 2017 18, 19, 20. to 2020. Those four years in particular, I was very, very active with it, where I was writing between two and six times a week about music from IE, Orange County, Los Angeles, East LA, San Diego, and sometimes beyond and sometimes mainstream, but usually those cities and usually the IE, but sometimes and, uh, that, that mix. And those four years, I was writing like two to six pieces a week. Uh, from tw- 2019 and 2020, I was writing six pieces a week. Were those columns that you were writing? Uh, yeah, uh, they were more like little write-ups. And some of them would be longer. As, it's a mix of stuff. Most of them were little write-ups uh, responding to a song or a music video. Um, but uh, a, every, there was a good deal of them that would be longer essays, sometimes about a certain artist, sometimes about a certain album, sometimes about a certain uh, aspect of an artist or sometimes about a certain aspect of music. Did uh, you ever I, get a chance to do interviews and do like those Q and a type interviews for magazines? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple. I've done some of that stuff for, for podcasts and for websites. Yes. Awesome, man. And, and you said, so you got your degree in 2014, correct? You, uh, the, my, my bachelor's in 2012 and my master's in 2014. That's badass! Hell yeah, man! That's 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 determination right there. I, I, I don't it, know. It took like nine years. Yeah, I was my undergrad took seven years because I was working full time most of the time. Yeah, you know, well, and, see, yeah, that's the thing too. And when you don't have like a lot of help too, and you got to make sure you're good, maintain that balance. Which it seems like you've done well. You got you got the house, you got your degree, you got your state job doing disability claims, and you got your music, and you're still trying to figure out whether or not to start a third group. <laughs> but damn man it's been a it's been such a fun hour uh talking with you we're starting to come up on our up on our hour here for the, for the afternoon yeah. but hey man um are there any final thoughts or shout outs or um anybody you want to shout out or thank uh today for uh getting you in the position you are oh you know, I got to thank my mom, you know, like, uh, and, you know, and my dad, rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, they, they had me and raised me in the IE and, and gave me a great life and a, and a position and a position to do things from and a perspective to have. And, and, um, and everybody in my life, all my loved, loved ones and friends and my, my girlfriend and yeah, everybody. I, I'm really fortunate to have a really amazing support network. And awesome. um, I I even have a handful of fans now, like motherfuckers that like just come to all my shit, like 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 that's you know ten years ago you'd have told me that I would have had my mind would have been fucking blown, you know. Yeah, and, no, that's, uh, that's shout out your people, man. They keep you going. They keep they keep you motivated to keep bringing the heat. Yeah, let me shout out Freedom. Let me shout out Homie Cameron, the Wu Tang Zombies. Let me shout out to 
a homie Joe, the other homie Joe. A lot of guys named Joe come to my show. <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, dude, freaking Versa from Poet from uh, Abstract Illusions, um, Metis, uh, so many dope MC homies. I mean, shoot, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always, you're always gonna forget somebody. I'm, I'm high, I'm stoned, I'm stoner, I'm gonna forget shit, but dude, I, I appreciate every, every single one of you. Whoever comes out and supports my shit, who checks out my shit, who engages with my shit on social media, you know, challenging at the Wiggy Woo, challenging Wiggy, WestCoastAvengers.com, Fam Likely, uh, Fam Likely Official on uh, Instagram, Fam Likely IE on Twitter. Uh, uh, what was it? Tangent, T A N J I N T. Uh, lots of shit coming at you this year. Thank you so much to PVP Hot 16. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get with you and Mercutio about that project he's talking about. I'll talk to y'all soon. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Yeah, you got you guys get to work in. Uh, hopefully, I can see some work from from y'all, all of us, uh, on the pod, man. Uh, it's gonna be a great. Uh, it's gonna be a great year, man. It's already turning out to be a great year. Um, got my festival coming up too. So everybody, reminder: we got the ticket link in the bio for that Hot Sixteens bio. Hot Sixteens Fest Volume One, baby. Special headliner: we got Avery Harden on that bill. Sean Nevy Outlier. It's uh, it's gonna be a really, really, really fun time. Man, tangent, man. Thank you so much for uh, coming out on the show today. We re- we really appreciate it, dude. And you know, keep rocking, man. Really looking forward to uh, listening to all the projects coming out uh, and everything you got going on, guys. It has been a pleasure talking to you again. We have two more episodes after this. We got Garrick Niffin out of San Luis Obispo, California, and we have our final season finale with the Miss Wonderful Nancy G, episode sixteen. So, guys. Thank you for tuning in with us for another quick little hour discussion. I'm your host, PBP. Today's guest was Tangent Wiggy, a.k.a. Woo, this, that, Tristan, whatever you want to call him. But, hey, guys, we're out here. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. Peace.